morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. It's Friday, which means we're going to preview this weekend's football games as Wake and Take is a Monday through Friday show. So we're going to talk about the AFC Championship. We're going to talk about the NFC Championship. And then, of course, as always, we're going to break down the latest news. As such, that's going to be Raheem Morris to the Atlanta Falcons and Dave Canals to the Panthers. So go ahead, take out your coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right. Good morning, everyone in the chat. Great to see you here. Positive Grouch. Buenos dias to you. Good morning to you on Instagram. Good morning to you on Facebook. Glad to see you all this morning, this wonderful, wonderful Friday, as we break down the latest news, break down the AFC and the NFC championships. We will, of course, start things off with the news and the news for today. Before we get into the Falcons stuff, we'll talk about the Panthers head coach, new head coach Dave Canales coming over from Tampa Bay. He was their offensive coordinator, first year offensive coordinator as well. In fact, he has made quite the jump. He was a quarterback's coach in Seattle two seasons ago. He was the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers last season. And just now he has become the head coach, a massive leap, uh, basically taking the Super Mario mushroom all the way up to being a head coach at the NFL level. You don't get to do that unless you've done some good things as a coach. And that is what he's done. That He's done such a good job as a coordinator, as a quarterback's coach. He has been given a six-year contract with the Carolina Panthers, which is a really long contract for a head coach, uh, especially a first-time head coach. So they believe in him. He must have interviewed really well. And I'm sure he has some nice coordinate, uh, co coordinator choices coming up. But what has he done really? Really, it is the rejuvenation of Geno Smith, the rejuvenation of Baker Mayfield. He has kind of worked wonders with these two quarterbacks that were basically washing out of the league until he got his hands on them. Of course, he worked with Russell Wilson in Seattle as the passing game coordinator and then the quarterback coach. But mainly, his resume starts two seasons ago when Geno Smith and Drew Locke came to Seattle and he helped Geno Smith make the Pro Bowl for the first time in his career, turn over a new leaf. And then after he does that with Geno Smith, he goes down to Tampa and does basically the same exact thing with Baker Mayfield, making people believe that he really is a quarterback whisperer. So then you have to ask yourself, if this is true, is it finally Bryce Young's season? And ladies and gentlemen, I really, really do hope so. As you know, I have not given up on him yet. I think it's way too early to give up on a young quarterback. And we were just unfortunately, well, fortunately, we were just spoiled with C.J. Stroud's just electric rookie season that has made it hard to believe in a Bryce Young because of that. But normally, quarterbacks take some time to develop and grow into their NFL shoes. So I think with the help of Dave Canales and hopefully bringing in some wide receivers or upgrading this offensive line, that we could see an improvement from Bryce Young here. So I am excited about this hire. It's really nice to see them really bring in a guy that will focus on the quarterback position, as that is really what needs the help here in Carolina. So that is their hire. I think it's a solid one. And while, while it is, you know, a risky hire, he's a first-time head coach, in fact, only a one-year coordinator and a one-year quarterback coach, that's risky. But I like it. Sometimes you've got to be risky. Sometimes you've got to go against the grain and stop cycling through head coaches that have had chance after chance after chance after chance. And, well, that's kind of what the Falcons have done with Raheem Morris, bringing him in to be the head coach 
of the Atlanta Falcons. We know that he was the interim head coach after Dan Quinn. He did an all right job. In fact, he did better than Dan Quinn did, even though it was a losing record of five and seven. It's not the worst in the world. That is okay by my book. And in his head coaching time in Tampa, also a losing record. In fact, as a head coach, his record is 21 and 38. However, none of that is really his fault. He had a terrible team down in Tampa and a terrible team in Atlanta. And he's had tons and tons of time now since the interim head coaching, since being a head coach in Tampa, to kind of reflect on what it really does take to be a head coach. And so Raheem Morris, I do think, is a solid hire, but I'm just going to leave it at solid. I'm finding it very difficult to get crazy excited about this hire. When I first saw it, I was pretty whelmed. I think it's fine. Again, I'm happy it's not Bill Belichick, and I do think Raheem Morris is going to do a better job than Bill Belichick, mostly because I have pretty good faith that he's going to bring in a solid offensive coordinator. As of right now, it is looking like it'll be the Rams quarterback coach, Zach Robinson. That is the name that we're hearing a lot. A young guy, former quarterback in the NFL, good quarterback in college, uh, and you know, a quarterback coach on the Rams right now, who of course is working with Matthew Stafford, but more importantly, working under Sean McVay with that really, really interesting Rams system, the McVay system. And I think that this could work out well. While Raheem Morris is a defensive coach, that's not totally true. In fact, Raheem Morris has coached all sides of the ball and is a very, very experienced coach. And that is what I like about him is he is a football mind. First and foremost, I mean, he's been in the league as a coach since 2002, whether it be as a head coach, as a passing games coordinator. He was even a wide receiver coach for the Falcons. I mean, the guy has done all sorts of different things around the league, and he is a good person as well. Every single person that he's worked with, whether it be a player, whether it be a former coach, whether it be ownership, whether it even be people on other teams, he has a tremendous amount of respect around the league. And that is one of the first things I look for when I'm evaluating a head coach, especially one who's been in the league for a really, really long time. When you have players coming out of the woodwork, congratulating him, saying how much uh, they've appreciated working with him as their coach, that's exactly what you want to hear when you have to have a really big culture shift around your organization. And Raheem Morris can certainly do that. He's a culture guy. He's a football guy. And most importantly, he's a long tenured coach. He knows what he's doing and he has some ties to the Atlanta Falcons, whether it be the fact he was the interim head coach before, whether it be the wide receivers coach, whether it be the fact he was the passing games coordinator. Either way, he has a really strong connection with this franchise, as you can see with the picture literally being him in Falcons stuff. So I like it. I think it's solid. I am a little concerned about the hire in the fact that his defenses haven't ever been like world-beating defenses. In fact, they've always just been kind of meh defenses. And so that's kind of where my concern is, is he's, you know, a defensive coordinator, and yet his defenses aren't ever that good. In fact, I mean, this Rams defense is only really even slightly good because they have one of the best defenders of all time, if not the best defender of all time, in Aaron Donald. And so I don't know. I like this hire. I think it'll be fine. I don't know if it was the perfect hire, though. I still think there are a lot of things out there that I would like to have seen before, you know, making this official at least. But again, you know, if they bring in a good offensive coordinator, like like it seems like they will, given his connection to the McVay coaching tree, then this should probably turn out okay. But I'm worried. I'm very worried that this could turn into another Arthur Smith situation where 
right where Arthur Smith was brought in because of Derrick Henry and now kind of Raheem Morris is being brought in because of Aaron Donald and so it's just it's a little concerning but also at the same time I believe in it and I think it's a fine hire I just think that this type of head coaching hire is one where the Falcons will make the playoffs I think the Falcons are a playoff team with Raheem Morris but I don't think they're a Super Bowl team with Raheem Morris and while that's not the end of the world I would like to see a bit more ceiling expect expectations here. And maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe they could end up making the Super Bowl with him. But this just feels like a win a couple NFC Souths, win maybe a playoff game or two, but then always fizzle out in the divisional or maybe the conference championship if you get lucky. That's kind of what I'm expecting here with Raheem Morris, which is, again, it's not bad. And that's why I keep just kind of saying I'm whelmed and also not very in on it. Like, I, it's... I'm in on it. I'm out on it. It's fine. It's fine. It's an okay hire. I think he'll do a good job. I'm just going to leave it at that. I think he'll do a good job. They'll probably make the playoffs. There's certainly some concerns, and I'm definitely going to wait to see who he brings in to be the offensive coordinator before I get too ahead of myself here. I do see a couple good questions. Curious what Atlanta does with Morris for quarterback, and this is honestly the biggest question, right? You could bring in me as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, and we wouldn't do shit unless we had a, a, a quarterback. You could you could put John Harbaugh there, right? Jim Harbaugh, either of the Harbaugh's, and you would probably still not win without a good quarterback. And so ultimately, that's what we're looking for in Atlanta. What quarterback's coming in, and how quickly can they turn things around? So we'll see. We'll see. I think Raheem Morris is going to be the type of coach to where uh, any quarterback can kind of come in. I don't think he has a specific type. I know, of course, he's worked with, obviously, Matthew Stafford here in the Rams for a bit, and then his time in Atlanta worked with Matt Ryan. But I don't necessarily think he's attached to having a pocket passer. I think he could just have any type of quarterback. And I still think the Falcons would work best with a mobile quarterback. That's why I still think Justin Fields or maybe Jaden Daniels in the draft is the path they're going to go here. In fact, I do think the more I think about it, Raheem Morris seems more like a rookie quarterback coach than bringing in a veteran. Let me know if you guys agree with me here. Uh, But I think he... I think when I see this Raheem Morris hire, I'm starting to think it's going to be a rookie quarterback that comes in just because I feel like with a culture guy like Raheem Morris, you want to have a, a quarterback come in that he can kind of mentor and work up other than an older guy that just kind of comes in. You want new with new, in my opinion. So I think they're going to go the rookie path the more and more I think about it. Scorpion asks, uh, why do these teams, keep, oh, sorry, scrape iron, oops, scrap iron. Uh, why do these teams keep these keep giving these head coaches second chances? They've already proven who they were. McDaniel's three times loser must be looking for the next Andy Reid. I kind of agree with you, what you're saying, Scrap Iron. I normally don't appreciate people getting second chances. However, I'm more so with that on the ownership track. And also when it comes to head coaches, I mean, Raheem Morris hasn't been a true head coach since what, 2010, 2011? So over 10 years now, I think that that's enough time passing to where he can get another opportunity. He's had time to reflect. He's had time to learn new lessons. He's had time to watch the league evolve. And now he has some more interesting ideas. So I do think that while this is him getting another chance, it's been long enough to where I think he would deserve it, right? It's not like bringing in Arthur Smith to be a head coach again next season. It's a guy who's, of course, he's had a chance, but it's been years since that chance. And I'm not going to count the interim head coaching job as a true, like, uh, evaluation time for him. Like, again, he did better as the interim head coach than Dan Quinn did as the head coach with the same roster. Even if it was a losing record, it was still a fine performance given what he was handed. And so I do think Raheem Morris uh, can turn things around.
Anthony says I'll sling it if I'm the quarterback for the Falcons. 3,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, 27 interceptions. That actually is not a bad stat line, with uh, even with the 27 interceptions. I think I could hit that, Anthony. I think you're right. I think I could get, you know, some nice dump-offs to Bijan. He'd get me those yards. Yeah, I'm definitely going to throw way too many times over the middle of the field on a quick slant, 100%. 100%, and those will be intercepted by whatever linebacker <laughs> wants to pick me off that day. But So those are kind of my thoughts on the hirings. I Again, I'm kind of whelmed on Raheem Morris. And I do like the Dave Canales hire. I think that that's a solid one, whether or not. Like, I don't care if this crashes and burns. I don't care if Dave Canales is fired by week four. This is still a good hire. I like that they're getting risky. And I like that they're kind of going against the grain. And I like that they're looking at someone that can potentially work with Bryce Young in a good way. So I think it's fine whether or not it fails. Whereas Raheem Morris is just kind of a fine hire. And I kind of want to see some more stuff. So let's see. We've got the AFC Championship. We've got the NFC Championship coming up on Sunday. And I'm going to, first, before we get into it, just complain. Could we not have had the playoffs? Like, I know they always do this. But if anyone here is listening and is involved with the NFL schedule at all, can we please, and I just mean please, can we have Saturday night be the AFC Championship and Sunday night be the NFC Championship? Why are we playing the AFC Championship at 3 p.m. on a Sunday. I know most of us have really nothing better to do, but it's the middle of the afternoon. And in some on the West Coast, it's like the early afternoon. It's like they're waking up and they're just watching the AFC Championship. These need to be primetime games, guys. I want to watch this at night. I want to sit back, have some beers, eat some snacks, order some pizza, and then go to bed after the game. I don't want to sit here at 3 p.m awkwardly wait all day just to watch two games back to back and then it's just going to kind of be over early i mean 6 30 for the nfc championship what is with this guys we could it could have been so much more exciting i wanted a saturday night game a sunday night game that's how they should do it i don't know why they make it so early and weird uh on the afc and nfc championships it's just strange and it irks me it irks me i want saturday night afc championship i want sunday night nfc championship but that's not what we're getting. We'll probably never get it. And we're stuck watching the AFC Championship at 3 p.m. on Sunday. We have the Chiefs. We have the Ravens. Baltimore, favored by three, and they're expecting about 44 and a half points. I do think it's going to go over that, but just slightly. I think we're talking about a very uh, close game here. I really, really do. And somehow, someway, in my gut, I feel like the Chiefs are winning this game. I really, really do. It sucks. I just, I, I can't ever count out these Chiefs. And the more I think about this game, the more I feel like they're going to put it together. However, here's some stats to look at. Chiefs 3-1 and one versus Lamar Jackson. However, the one time Lamar Jackson did beat the Chiefs, uh, they were at home. The only time the Ravens have played the Chiefs at home, the Ravens have won. Of course, that's what's happening here. And the Chiefs have lost every single playoff game after they've beaten the Buffalo Bills. So if history is to continue, as well as the trend with the Ravens winning at home, then the Ravens win this game. On top of that, Mandrews is expected to return. And then on top of that, also on the other side of the ball, Chiefs are expected to be without their guard, Joe Tooney. And Isaiah Pacheco has not practiced this week uh, with a toe and ankle injury. So they are banged up. But I do expect Isaiah Pacheco to play. If we'll go back to last year, he played in the Super Bowl with a broken wrist. I'm sure he'll be fine with a toe and ankle injury in the AFC Championship. 
Um, ultimately here, like I said, I kind of feel like the Chiefs are going to win this game. I want the Ravens to win it, but just something is rubbing me the wrong way about this game. I, 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 I really, I can't even put it into words, but when I think about it, just think the Chiefs win it. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is just going to go Patrick Mahomes. He, yeah, uh, Anthony points out that Patrick Mahomes is 8-3 and three as an underdog. That's pretty good. And Ravens have historically collapsed here in the playoffs. However, this year does kind of feel like the Ravens' year. So I, uh, I haven't officially said it's the Chiefs yet. I'm still kind of going back and forth. But I, all right, here's what we're going to say. Ravens win, but the Chiefs cover that three-point spread. So the Ravens win by like one point. I think that's fair. I think that's reasonable. I think this will be a very, very close game. And this is why you can never count out the Kansas City Chiefs. But ultimately, Lamar Jackson is going to do too much on the ground to stop the or for the Chiefs to be able to stop him. I do think they'll have a tough time in the air. I don't think Zay Flowers has a big game at all. And while Mark Andrews is returning, I think if he does well, it's going to be off the heels of a touchdown and not much yardage. And so I think it's going to be tough sledding for the Ravens. I really do. But Lamar Jackson is going to run wild and ultimately win this game and go to his first Super Bowl. That's what I'm going to say. But it's, Chiefs are definitely covering that three points. That three points, Chiefs cover it. They, the Ravens win by one or two. The next game we have is the NFC Championship. And that is going to be a fun one. That is 49ers-Lions. 49ers in this one are actually favored by seven points. And they're expecting 51.5 total points. I'm going to do the opposite here and say this game goes under. I don't know why. Again, it's going to be hard for me to put this into words. But this game, the more and more I think about it, I have a feeling it's going to be really low scoring. The Lions, A, haven't looked that good in these playoffs. Of course, they've won their games, but they've allowed both teams to play them really close. The Buccaneers were within one score. The Packers, not the Packers, sorry, uh, the Rams. Uh, the Rams were within one score. Uh, it's just been very, very close. And so I don't necessarily think that they're going to be able to keep up uh, a ton. Right, I, I think that this is go or, or score a ton, like they like they really haven't been. And the 49ers, they came out really slow last week in the divisional week, uh, just barely getting by the Packers. And so I, ah, 51 and a half seems like a lot, especially when you have a really solid run defense on the Lions and just a really solid defense in general for the 49ers. I think points are going to be really hard to come by in this game, uh, and. Because of that, I do think the Lions cover that seven points and take the under in the 51 and a half. However, I think I've still got to pick the 49ers to win it. As much as it pains me, as much as it pains me, the 49ers are just such a complete football team. And I just feel like it has to be their year. And we're just stuck with the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. That's ultimately where I'm at here. But we do have some stats to talk about the Lions. They're three and one against the spread as underdogs this year which is pretty good. And the 49ers are actually two and two when they're favored by seven or more. So they've actually struggled when they're favored this much. But on the Lions side, guard Jonah Jackson is out and Frank Ragnow is questionable after being injured in the Buccaneers game. Not sure what his status is. I mean, he's a tough guy, so he'll probably play, but still definitely something to keep your eye on. And then on the 49ers side, Debo Samuel is still questionable after picking up some limited practices. I'll say this. If Debo Samuel doesn't play, the Lions win. If Debo Samuel does play, the 49ers win. That's ultimately the wild card for me, uh, just because I'm a big Debo guy. But also, I do think that if the 49ers are fully healthy, they're just too hard to stop. But I do think if they missed even one of their playmakers, being Debo Samuel, 
then the Lions can win this game because I do think that they can shut down George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk if they have to. Christian McCaffrey, of course, that's going to be a big person to try to shut down. But as we know, they have a pretty good rushing defense, so he's going to have to do a lot in the receiving game, which we'll see. We'll see, right? Either way, going to be a close game. The Lions cover that seven, and I'm going to go under the 51. I would be surprised. If a team crosses 30, they definitely win it. But I would be surprised if a team crosses 30 in general. I think we're talking about two teams here in the 20s uh, and uh, just keeping it really, really close uh, for sure. Ultimately, though, I think I'm picking the 49ers if Debo is healthy. If Debo is out, we'll go with the Lions. I know that's a cop-out, but that's where I'm at. That's just where I'm at. So, guys, I have some underdog picks, some DFS picks for you guys as usual, and then we'll answer some questions. Underdog one. So, for the Lions 49ers game, Jameer Gibbs, I've got over 22.5 receiving yards. Just think, you know, that's one catch. David Montgomery, 10.5 rushing attempts. I do think if the Lions want to make this game competitive, they're going to have to run the ball a ton. I understand that the 49ers are a really good run defense, but they're just a good defense in general. And I would really like to see the Lions try to milk out this clock as much as possible and just keep their drives alive. And I do think that'll start with David Montgomery. It's going to be close on that one on the rushing attempts, but I think he could get 12-ish. And that's what I'm hoping for. And then, of course, I'm giving the Sun God a touchdown. You've got to give the Sun God a touchdown. And I'm giving George Kittle a touchdown. He's just a playoff God. He does it. Uh, and then Brandon Ayuk, only seven and a half targets is his line. The Lions are not good against the pass. And so I do think he'll at least get, you know, eight targets. And whether or not he brings those in doesn't even matter because this is a targets prop. But I think this is a solid card. Uh, obviously, of course, the touchdowns are always going to be iffy, but you know, if you're going to bet on a player to score a touchdown, might as well be Kittle and Sun God. For the other game, I've got Rasheed Rice higher than eight targets. Again, I mean, when you see targets for Rasheed Rice, you've kind of got to take it. There are no wide receivers on that team. He's going to get those targets. I've got Lamar Jackson more than 66 and a half rushing yards. In fact, I felt that that was almost a disrespectful line. I think he easily hits that. It's the playoffs. He's going to have to run wild if he wants to win this game. 65 rushing yards seems easy. Justin Tucker, higher than one and a half field goals. Again, I think this game is going to be a grind them out game. And the Chiefs defense is really stingy. And so I think the Ravens are going to have to kick a couple field goals to remain close and just to get some points. So I'm giving Justin Tucker two field goals. Travis Kelsey, 11.5 fantasy points. I mean, it's the playoffs. Travis Kelsey shows up, whether it's a touchdown or multiple receptions. I think he should get about 12 fantasy points. And then Mark Andrews, 35 and a half receiving yards. Uh, that's just, you know, just a couple catches. Um, and I think he can get there in his return. Uh, I think it's going to be important for him to get involved. So those are my props for that game. Lastly, this is going to be my DFS lineup. Built this in the player profiler, DFS dominator tool, the lineup genius put this together for me this morning. I've got Brock Purdy at quarterback since the Lions pass defense is not great. And then I've got Isaiah Pacheco at my running back. Hopefully he plays. Jameer Gibbs as my other running back, just because I think he'll be able to catch some passes. Brandon Ayuk and Rasheed Rice, of course, my starting wide receivers. I think they'll do solid for their price point. Jawan Jennings, hoping Debo Samuel doesn't play because uh, he does get involved when that happens. And then Mark Andrews, Justice Hill, Chiefs defense, just some guys to throw in there. Uh, Mark Andrews, I feel like, is an easy one at his price point, only 5K. Uh, and then Justice Hill, I mean, he got involved last week. He, he can hopefully score a touchdown. We'll see. But this was built in the lineup, genius. Hopefully you like it. Uh, solid lineup here for sure. That is all I have for you guys. Let's go ahead and check in on the chat, see if we have any questions. 
Lions run the ball and the game goes under. Yeah, I really do think the Lions run this ball heavy. Chiefs aren't winning because Taylor Swift has a concert in Japan the night before and won't make the game. She'll figure it out. She'll figure it out, Jamie. Although I know that it's kind of impossible, uh, given it's a massively long flight from Japan. Uh, she'll make it work. <laughs> uh, let's see. Last time the Lions won on the road was 1957. Wow. Or in the playoffs. Uh, let's see. <laughs> the last time the Lions were this far, I watched the game on a 32-inch box TV. This is probably really accurate. Uh, I, re I remember my 32-inch box TV. Good times. Good times. Um, cool. Cool, 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 guys. That is everything. Not a lot of questions this morning. I don't blame you. We've only got a couple more games left. We're getting through this season. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful weekend, a fantastic Friday, and I will see you all Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. We're here 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Make sure you tune in. I'll always be here. You guys, again, have a wonderful weekend, fantastic Friday. Don't forget to hit the like button and the subscribe button on your way out. Have a good one. Peace.